0: Hello, welcome inside another edition of the Indy Star Preps Weekly Podcast. I'm Brian and joined by Kyle Nedner, and Akeem Glassby, still on assignment in the Kokomo area. Um, haven't heard from him in a couple weeks, so we don't know what's going on with Akeem, but we hope that he's well. Seems like he's covering Butler like every day, like
1: they play every day, or what, what's he uh, He's always posting videos and tweeting stuff out and you know, tracking all Ollie, all these uh, health conditions. And I, I actually <laughs> tweeted at him about that. Cause I know he's getting mad about everybody asking him. So. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then we asked him to hang out and he, he says that he has Butler. He doesn't want to go out. Cause Elon Musk might be watching or something like that. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, weird he, he's out on us. I think completely. Yeah. He's too big for us. He's outgrown this stupid little show. Yeah. We'll get him on at some point. <laughs> Um, we both had some basketball this weekend, a couple tournaments. Um, I know you had the game of the game of the month, it seemed like there at Ben Davis Cathedral. We also had a Mr. Basketball performance from a Mr. Basketball Caliber of performance from a kid who's going to Notre Dame. Um, so I think we should start probably Kyle with the boys in the Southport event, and I'll just let you choose which game you'd like to start with and we'll go from there. Yeah, probably the
1: most memorable will be and I thought it would be Jalen Harrelson from Fisher's who had you know he had thirty five points eight assists and seven rebounds and they you know just the just you know it's it's you watch him and it's just hard to believe like this kid's a sophomore you know and he's not even sixteen until April <laughs> so it's like you know and he played great against Bloomington North and that was. You know what? Mid afternoon, and, and then, uh, and then Marcus Burton and and Penn played at seven o'clock against Zionsville, and it started out as one of the weirder games I've probably ever covered. It was Zionsville got up twenty-one to one to start the game wow. against Penn. You know, Burton had Burton had three turnovers probably in the first ninety seconds. He missed his first four shots, and it's like, wow, what, what is? you know, what is this game going to end up? And it felt like we were headed towards a running clock situation. And then, you know, he scored basically by the end of the first quarter. You kind of felt like, okay, they're starting to find their footing. And and Burton had all their points. I think he had 11 at the end of the first quarter. And uh, you could tell he was starting to get into a rhythm. And then as the game went along, it was just more and more uh, Marcus Burton. And, uh, you know, his teammates played well too. And they're, they they, they do have a good team overall around him, a veteran team. You know, I had, I had a chance to see him a little bit this summer in June as a high school team. And, you know, the, it was pretty clear they were going to be a top 10 team, a top, maybe top five team, which is kind of where they're at now. Uh, but really, I think everyone who watched it, you know, Burton after the game, you know, you're talking to people. I'm not comparing him to these guys necessarily, you know, as a, you know head-to-head talent but he re- does remind you of like uh, the stuff he does like an Allen iverson or a damian lillard you know that size of player who can get off the floor so easily uh for his jump shot and uh you know just make moves in real small spaces you know he, he it'll look like he has nowhere to go and he'll cross over quick and get through a get through a, a double team or you know cross a guy up and get some room to get his shot off uh so just a uh, super impressive performance he had 38 points in that game and you know it was it was efficient you know i, I forget what his exact uh, shooting numbers were he missed his first four and then i think he went 14 for 19 uh, after that so super efficient um you know like i said i mean he just uh, did everything really well and i you know talking to him after the game he you know obviously asked him about mr basketball and that sort of thing and he didn't play that up necessarily he kind of said hey i I feel like, um, you know, one of the best players out there, but, you know, it's going to depend on team success. And I'm trying not to think about that too much. And I, I'm kind of paraphrasing. what It's in the Monday column, but, you know, kind of that's what he said. And, and, you know, I think that's a good way to approach it. They're going to have another uh, huge game against uh, Ben Davis in the uh, Hall of Fame Classic. Uh, I think that's the 30th over at Newcastle. Um, yeah, it is the 30th, but so they're going to play them in the first game over there. Both those teams could, could be undefeated and it could be one versus two in that game too. So, you know, that'll be fun to see what happens there and, uh, see how he goes against those Ben Davis guards, uh, that are really good too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, on its, on its own, that performance was super memorable and, uh, You know, I think that's probably when you look back at that event, that'll be kind of what you remember the most. Because a lot of us who are there watching don't get to see Marcus Burton all the time because, you know, they're up in Penn. It's kind of far away and and they just don't play a lot of games around here. So, you know, for us, even though we know him and we've seen him, it's just sort of a, you know, one of those rarity uh, performances. But and then the Ben Davis Cathedral game, you know, Ben Davis kind of jumped on him right from the from the gun and, and. uh K.J. Windham had five threes in the first quarter and, you know, 15 points to start that game. Uh, and then uh, uh, Zane Dowdy had 10. I, they had 25 points as a team in the first quarter. Wyndham and Dowdy had all all 25. And that's not a bad thing necessarily when those two are going the way they were. Uh, Wyndham ended up with 20 and he ended up uh, kind of turning his ankle at the end of the game. He missed about the last six minutes of the game, uh, so that'll be something moving forward. Uh, I talked to him as he left the gym, and he said he didn't think it was anything too serious. He think maybe he might have to miss a practice or two, or be limited this week in practice going into the weekend. But felt like it wasn't as bad as he maybe originally thought. It did look kind of bad when he went down. He kind of ran into a, turned and kind of ran into somebody, and I think stepped on their foot, and then. You know, it looked like it might be a knee at first, but it wasn't actually an ankle or a foot. So, you know, not as bad as maybe it looked on the uh, surface. But, but anyway, the, Ben Davis really played well. I thought, I, think, I didn't think Cathedral played nearly what they can either. Um, you know, I only moved them down one spot in our Fab 15, which is out Tuesday, uh, because, you know, they're still the defending champs. I didn't think they played great. Um, they lost by twelve, and were, they were still in the game. They, I think, they cut it to seven at one point. Uh, but <clears throat> they got to get Xavier Booker going. I mean, that's that's something that you know the last two weeks now he's kind of been a little bit invisible on offense for them. And you know he had a really good first three games to start the season. Uh, but you know it's partially on him. He's got an offensive rebound more. They're not getting hardly anything on the offensive glass, and uh, they can't just rely on Jaron Tibbs and, and Jake Davis who you know, they, I thought they played okay. I mean, they combined for 34 points, but they can play better too. Cathedral had 18 turnovers, which, you know, Ben Davis is going to turn people over, but that's a lot, you know, that's a lot, uh, in a high school game. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I didn't walk away thinking, oh, Cathedral's not in Ben Davis's class. I, you know, I think they're, They're a team that's got to kind of find a new, um, you know, coming off last year's championship. You know, they don't have Tayshaun Comer at point guard anymore. And that's that was, we knew that would be a huge uh, loss for them. Uh, And they're still kind of finding a little bit of that, uh, you know, who's going to fill that role. And, you know, how does the team kind of fit together, you know, and I think uh, they got to figure out a way to get Booker going. He's better than what he showed the last two weeks. I think he would agree with that. And I think Jason Delaney, you know, he kind of went through this last December a little bit. He was sort of struggled offensively last December and then really turned it on as we got into January and certainly in March. So I know people are writing him off online and on Twitter and whatever saying, you know, you know, I hate it for the kid that he's ranked number one in the country by rivals. I mean, even when that came out, I was like, man, that's kind of a, a lot to put on somebody. He didn't ask for that. But. Uh, But then when you are number one, there's only one place, you know, you can go and people cut you down a lot, but that's, that's the nature of social media. It's, it's there for people to cut people down, I guess that's sort of the, the nature of it. And uh, he'll be, I think he'll be all right. I think there's still a lot of, you know, a lot of season left and, you know, I think uh, cathedral will still be, you know, certainly a team to beat, um, you know, moving forward. I think they're right there, but I think you take what Ben Davis played really well, you know, they're, they're legit. And, uh, they're super balanced. Zane Doughty, Zane, uh, Zane Doughty's playing great uh, so far this season, and he definitely won that matchup inside. So uh, you tip your hat to Ben Davis, and they played a really tough schedule, seven and zero, and it only gets uh, more interesting. They play Warren Central Friday, and then Brownsburg, which is uh, also undefeated, on uh, Saturday. So. You know, it's it's not done really no let up uh for the the Giants. But uh but yeah, so the one versus two, Marcus Burton and uh, Jalen Harrelson's performance gets a little bit lost. I was also, you know, just a couple notes, you know, Norwell, I thought uh, they're a Fort Wayne area team in three A. Uh they just laid it on Franklin Central, uh turned into a running clock game, which was a little bit surprising. Uh Norwell Really, they're not a huge team, but really play well together. Shot it really well. Uh, that they're definitely a state title contender in three A, and I thought uh, uh, North Davies uh, in that first game beating Beach Grove. North Davies, I think, showed you know they made the jump from one A to three A last year. They were one A champions, and uh, jumping all the way up and beating Beach Grove. That's a big. That's a big win for them uh, to show how uh, you know how well they can play uh, in the in the future. I think against three A opponents. So couple notes there and then uh, Southport I didn't think played very well uh, in their game at least down the stretch and they got they got they got uh, uh behind early against Crown Point uh tough team to come back on they did come back but then just didn't shoot it great AJ Danzler had a had a really nice game with 28 points but uh, Crown Point uh, ends up winning that game uh, over Southport but uh, yeah it was a it was a good day a lot of t- chance to see you know, guys like Marcus Burton, and then you know Crown Point don't get to see them much. Get to see uh, Norwell, you know, don't get to see them a whole lot. Uh, so, uh, kind of fun to see those out-of-area teams too.
0: I was looking at the <clears throat> looking through your column as as we were going through things, and for Bedunga, the Kokomo Junior, fifty-six points and twenty-six to twenty-nine shooting, twenty-one rebounds, twelve blocks, and seventeen dunks, and two wins over the weekend. Holy crap, that's incredible.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think they played what Lebanon and uh, I can't remember McCutcheon. the other McCutcheon. So, yeah, you know, and the- Lebanon's a good team, but they're three, a, you know, I think McCutcheon's a little bit down. So, I mean the opponents, you know, it is what it is. But I don't care who you're playing. I mean, those numbers are uh, are just ridiculous. And uh, you know, there's a reason he's top ten in the in the country. Um, hoping to get a chance to see him play again. They, I did cover their Ben Davis game last week. They lost to Ben Davis, and he still, I thought, played really well uh, before he fouled out with about two and a half minutes left. But, but yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he, you see the you know the videos and stuff, man. It's just like watching a different uh, level of player completely when he's out there. Uh, so yeah, I mean he's 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 uh, he's doing his thing that's for sure and and you know you can't hardly stop him from dunking. I mean, it's just almost amazing what he can do but, uh, but yeah he's 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 something else.
0: that's really great. Um, while Kyle was at Southport, I was posted up at Franklin Central after driving back from St. Louis in the morning for uh, the Marion County Tournament. And what's fun about that, Kyle, and I'm, I know you're aware of this too, but is that it's such like a, it has that regional and now semi-state feel to it where you have the two games in the morning and then one in the evening. So for young teams like Lawrence Central and Lawrence North, it gives you kind of that experience and, of playing in a big atmosphere because those semifinals this year with, LCLN and then Ben Davis North Central so you have two rivalry games going there you kind of get that big game feel and with that winner go home type of setup obviously with lower stakes in the middle of December versus uh February but kind of get that feel for the intensity of it and then for more experienced teams like Ben Davis it was interesting talking to their players afterwards about how they manage it and what they learned from games you covered last year when they lost to Mooresville in the second game of the regional where their legs were dead tired because of the way that they're pressing so much and they were putting too much on defensively that it left them with no legs for the nightcap. So in talking to the girls and Coach Sam Bang a little bit afterwards, it's they learned from that. And this year they've been mixing in some different looks on defense. They've been doing a man uh, a zone defense, you know, to mix in with their man to give the girls' legs a break. And then that nightcap after going to overtime with North Central in the semifinal. Um, having to play and turn around and play Lawrence Central in the evening, they decided to dial back the press. They didn't press very much at all through the beginning of the game, which was interesting to see. Um, And it allowed Lawrence Central to find its footing and and get out to an early lead. But as the game progressed, Ben Davis started settling in a little bit. And at the end of the game, they had the juice left. They had the energy left in their legs that they were able to press and wound up creating a turnover. So they went, they hit the game-tying three, got the pressure going, got the the girl inbounding the ball a sophomore, got her a little bit on tilt and got her to step on the baseline to turn it back over and had a player get open for a three-pointer um, that ultimately won the game in the final minute. So it's just it's fascinating to see where Ben Davis was compared to the two Lawrence township schools, just in terms of their experience and how they approached it. Because conversely, Lawrence Central and Lawrence North, it's sort of like, this is a great experience for our girls. I talked to Lawrence North's coach, Stephen Stephen Thomas, after the game. And, and, and he talked about that, about how this is the first time a lot of our younger kids have really ever been in something like this. So this is a great experience for them. And it certainly looked like at times a team that was playing in that atmosphere for the first time, because there was a string of like, I want to say four straight traveling calls underneath the basket. I mean, and and they're just watching this 15-point lead slip, slide away in the third quarter. And at one point, the coach turns around, and it looked like maybe he was talking to his bench, but really I think he was kind of talking to the parents in the stands. He just like, stay positive next play, you know, just trying to keep that energy up because I think he realized, and Andy talked about afterwards, just how easy it is for young players like that to go on tilt in that sort of moment and lose control. And And I think it worked, and he just kept repeating next play, next play. And credit to LN that they were able to right the ship a little bit and, and keep LLC from pulling away when it went on to run to pull ahead. Um, they just came up short, but it was really encouraging to see from them. And then for Lawrence Central, I think, in talking to Jan and Lampley after the game and, and throughout this season, too, it just, I think their approach has just been kind of like we're playing with house money, like wins and losses. We don't really care. It's just about getting better. And for a team that is so young that I don't think has any seniors on it. Their best player, um, Jayla, is only a sophomore and her younger sister's a freshman. Their point guard's a sophomore. Um, it makes sense that they're not really worried about wins and losses and that it's building towards the future and it's something that, that started last year with with Antoine when their previous coach and they won a couple games in the county tournament for the first time and I want to say like a decade. This year not only did they match that win total they got to the championship game for what we think is the first time in program history and had a legitimate shot at, at winning their first ever title. I mean they had the ball down two points in the final seconds so they had a chance to win it so. It's cool watching them progress. And it's just again, it's just fascinating listening to how how differently everybody there approached that event, you know? um, and it, and it's cool to see how all that works out in those dynamics. And then the fourth team, the fourth semifinalist North Central, I didn't have a chance to to chat with them after the game, but watching North Central at the beginning of the year against Westfield, um mid-november against Fort Wayne Snyder, and then, Saturday against Ben Davis in the semifinal of county I mean it's just it's a night and day difference between all three of those games I and mean, just the energy it was an energy that they were definitely missing against Snyder and they didn't really have against Westfield even if you wanted to write off Westfield as just sport of being a season opener jitters which is fair um, but even against Snyder like the scoring wasn't as balanced they're just and it wasn't as much sustained energy where they would have little pops of it but against Ben Davis even when things started going against North Central a little bit and they could feel the lead slipping away and ben davis was going on a run they're still playing with intensity and energy and finding some open shots and getting some things going and then above all else they're finding some scoring beyond ava couch their their star player which was great to see for them um but it, it looks this is, the north central that i saw saturday and a loss was more along the lines of what i was expecting from them coming into the season obviously they lost a lot with Tanya Wells graduating and some other pieces around her but the couch coming back some of the other kids they have coming in the young pieces plugging in felt like a team with some potential to maybe make some noise come postseason time and and they're kind of slowly but surely routing into that form, which is certainly encouraging to see. And and really just looking at the schedule and and trying to get into the mind of a high school kid and just, you know, based off of human nature, probably helped that they had five games against very beatable teams and they kinda of hammered on some teams as they as they were expected to. And I feel like after going through that meat grinder of a start where you're playing the BNLs and the Sniders and those types of teams, it's it's just kind of good to get some of those, you know, what you call a bye game, I guess, in college. But just to get some of those easier wins under your belt, you know, and suddenly things are coming easier for you and you have some positive energy, at least you can build off of. So when the going does get tough and you have to play a tougher opponent like a Ben Davis, which is really stinking good, um, now you have that in your back pocket, and you have something to build off of and you can kind of parlay that into a run. So a lot of things learned from just – just three games but um a fun weekend of basketball and it all sets up for a uh, mud sock week this year, this week with fishers and uh hsc on saturday night
1: i'm glad you mentioned the uh semi-state changing i read that in your column and i i'd forgotten about or i hadn't forgotten but i just kind of like oh yeah i forgot the uh regional and semi-state flips positions this year and we'll be yeah. doing all the uh you know build up and reshuffling of the uh semi-state after the regional so yeah that's Do you like uh, that by the way don't I don't mind it i I know some it's it's sort of a built-in uh I don't know what you say uh uh a, a reset I would say that you know they're gonna reshuffle the semi state which sort of like is it's like a made for TV type of thing you know sort of me- or made for media type of thing I would say um you know uh so I know that was some criticism of it it's like oh this is just kind of a way for that you say to make a little bit more uh money or you know whatever just kind of creates more buzz i don't mind that necessarily I, I after covering for so long i i like the way it was set up but i thought the the gap between you know you go from you know sectional week i think is great you know no one complains much other than possibly seating it but you know whatever uh but mm-hmm. sectionals i you, you rarely hear any complaining about how that goes and then the regional was always good but then you have those two games and then or three games in the regional it was and then you have a long wait to play one game you have a week wait to play one game in the semi-state and then a week wait to play one state finals game so you know i know when i was in missouri it was like you'd all go to the Hearn center and play you know it was a state tournament you know the the and you get it all done in one weekend basically this seemed like it was kind of drawn out. I don't, I don't mind the way it was, but I think this will kind of like, okay, you get a, you get a, you know, a wild sectional week, a lot of fun. Now you get a week in between, you play one regional game. Now it kind of builds back to play two Mm -hmm. in the semi-state. So I think maybe it builds some momentum again at the end of the tournament, which I think is not a bad thing. Um, and it's different. I like so you know, it's 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 you know, I, I don't mind doing something different. I kinda give them credit for trying something different, really. I mean, I you know, I know we complain about the IHSA a lot about everything, but it's like, okay, well, I mean, you can't complain about everything. <laughs> it's like there's there's gotta be, you know, there's gotta be like, okay, I mean, you know, it's like I get why they're doing it. And I think it creates more of an atmosphere in the semi state that may have been missing. It's like an event at a at one site during the day that I think can be a cool thing, you know, in, in these towns that, uh, you know, you bring in more people to it and maybe have better crowds. And, you know, before in the semi-state, you have two different classes at the same venue. They have nothing to do with each other. And it's like if you're, if you're uh, intertwined with one team, why would you stay to watch? Unless you just love basketball, which some people do, but you have no real reason to stay. Now you're going to stay and watch like, okay, let's see who we play tonight. You know, you're going to watch that game.
0: We should probably, before we continue the discussion, just explain what they're doing for semi-state because I forgot about the re-rack. So they're going on one regional, two semi-state, and they're reseeding and then they're going to play the same class at the same site on that. Well, that they're
1: way. yeah, they're redrawing, and that's you know, it's it's uh you know they'll go they'll do the blind draw again. So the four teams who you know there basically four teams left in the semi-state in each class on each side of the bracket. So you have four in the north, four in the south and then you kind of throw them in the hat again instead of aligning the bracket beforehand you'll have those four teams so you could play one of two teams you know basically in the semi-state um and then that'll be your your new uh bracket in the semi-state so i hope i'm explaining that right but it's it's uh that's what it is you know you'll redraw they'll announce it on whatever day it's probably sunday after the regional and then uh i think i have to look at that i, I assume that's going to be what it is yeah you because know, you play saturday in the regional then draw it sunday announce it and then uh that'll be your bracket for the now you won't play it's not like they're going to mix up and you play a northern team if you're southern team you know you still play mm-hmm. in the south but it could be a different opponent maybe than you know that'll that'll be part of the blind draw of it so
0: they should draw them by class just throw all four classes together north and south yeah. and just draw it out so we get you know a class A ben davis playing like I don't know, matter day or whatever. Some classroom team from class, A.
1: you know, there has been, you know, as you I mean, this is years ago and and there's still people who like that. The class basketball thing is kind of when I first got here, that was still sort of an argument because it was only, I think, what, 10 years since they changed it or less. uh, So it's still kind of a fresh thing there were some people who liked the idea of playing the, you know, you basically you can play class up through the regional round and then that, yeah, you sort of would like throw everybody in like a sweet 16, you know, and, and draw it out. Now, would that be right? I guess there'd be, I'd have to, I'm not good at math. I'd have to see how many teams are left at that, at that point, but yeah, you kind of just redraw it and then you just play. Cause the idea was like, if you made it this far and you beat the teams in your class, you're probably pretty good. So Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, I mean, that that could be something uh, I don't think they'll ever do well, that necessarily, but I think it's a cool idea.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And I mean, I get it. I get why people would appreciate the class like the one class system, you know, where you get a true state champion. But at the same time, having covered some A and 2A games versus covering some 4 and 3A games, I mean, it is a pretty wide gap, even even just watching like state championship games last year between. The top of the smaller class and the top of the big classes, even just strictly from a number standpoint, where some of those small schools are, they have the seven kids on their bench, and that's you know the seven kids on their team, and that's it. They don't have any subs, where four A can run out entire line changes if they so wanted to, you know. And and you see now where even you know some schools are having trouble building JV teams, they're having to pull up JV schedules because they don't have enough bodies. It just, I think that it's a little more challenging now, and I'm more of a fan of the class, the class system, but with regards to the regionals and semi-state this does make a lot more sense you're coming off like you said that week of sectional so from just a player personnel standpoint you're giving the kids a little more time off where they're just having to worry about one game and then they get like you said ramp back up for semi-state and then carry that into state like this this it sounds like it's going to be really fun i'm interested to see how the draw works it's probably going to be a dumpster fire because that's how random draws seem to go but um It'll be it'll be fun. I'm glad that they made this scheduling change because it's gonna. I think it's gonna set up, like you said, for a lot more fun, a lot more fun things for both the fan and the media and a players' perspective. I think this just wins all around for everybody. I,
1: I agree. I mean, I, I'm going to have an open mind about it. I mean, I know right away it's like, well, this is why we can't. This is why we shouldn't do this. So it's just you know, and I'm just you know, that's a, that's again, it's it's social media. You're going to get all the negative responses and and probably. Uh, you know, internalize those more than the positive, but you know, I, I, I'm for it. I let's give it a shot. Let's see, you know, let's see how it works. Let's see what it looks like for a couple of years and then make it, you know, then make a judgment, I guess, on what should be done after that. But I, 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 I like it. I think it creates a little bit more momentum again, you know, and I've covered, you know, it's not like, you don't, I don't feel that every year. It's like, cause there, are, I have covered some awesome semi-state atmospheres, you know, as it was. Uh, But I think this just kind of creates a little bit more momentum towards the end of the tournament. And and I think that's a good thing, you know, when you look at it and it does feel like the weeks get a little drawn out, you know, once you go, you know, in the sectional on a Saturday, you go regional the next Saturday, and those are, you know, two games, but then you're waiting another week to play one game and then another week to play another game. So it just kind of gets a little bit drawn out, I think. So I, I, I do agree. I think this will be, at least something different. You know, I could go either way. I didn't mind if they kept it the way it was, but uh, I'll definitely give this a, uh, you know, a chance to work.
0: Also, too, I'm thinking this is obviously just one year, so I guess it's something of a story, but the way that sectionals worked out last year where championship games are getting delayed until Tuesday or Wednesday, and then teams are turning back around and then having to play, you know, two high-pressure games in a day, too, this kind of alleviates that a little bit where you have more some more breathing room between that one game and then if regional gets delayed, obviously that sucks. And then we're just kicking the can down the road, but still coming off sectionals where the way it is. I think that helps a lot. Um, I forgot where I was going to go next. What, uh, what other games are you looking forward to this week? Um, uh, that's a good question. I, the, uh,
1: Brownsburg, Ben Davis is Saturday. I was kind of going through that, uh, just before uh, we started this, but, uh, that that'll be one to watch Saturday night at Brownsburg, uh, Brownsburg beat, so they went on the road uh, Saturday to Chesterton, and Chesterton was a state finalist last year. Uh, they lost uh, uh, Travis Grayson, their point guard, but returned most of their team, and they had a 55-game uh, home winning streak, uh, wow. which I didn't realize till yesterday. But uh, 55 games, and uh, Brownsburg went up there and beat a good, a good Chesterton team. So, you know, that was probably their toughest game to this point. They're six and zero, uh, and obviously Ben Davis will be the toughest team now that they've played. Uh, but, uh, that's a good, that's a real good game Saturday. You mentioned Flory Bedunga. They play uh, Marion on Friday night. Uh, Marion is, uh, uh, undefeated at this point in the season, but, uh, so that, that could be an interesting game. Uh, the mudsaw game is this week, uh, HSC and Fishers on Friday. Uh, so Fishers is, you know, coming off a good win, uh, Saturday. I mentioned them HSC actually beat North central, uh, this week too. So they got kind of got off to a late start because of the footballs. Uh, season going late this year for HSC, so they've only played three games. Uh, but they're a team I think that's a little under the radar. I actually put them in our Fab 15 for the first time this week uh, after that win over North Central. Um, so that I think uh, you know Donovan Hamilton, who played receiver for them, one of their best players. Uh, Ref Stevenson, uh, who is a big guy. You know he's a, he's big. Uh, you know post player, but good athlete too. Uh, so they, they're an interesting team. I think that game could be interesting. Um, you know, and then Noblesville, I think watching what, uh, how you know, I covered that game Friday. I should have mentioned that earlier. But, you know, Noblesville beat Carmel on a last second shot. Oh, was, know, nobody celebrated <laughs> last week like Noblesville did. Uh, <laughs> you know, first time in 11 years that they had beat Carmel. And you could tell. I mean, it just went uh, absolutely nuts in that gym. And that was super cool. I mean, the place was packed. It was, uh, you know, students. It was just a natural reaction, you know, I think, just seeing that shot by Cooper Bean go through. And then they just followed him. I asked Cooper Bean about it. was kind of funny, you know, the celebration. And Luke Almodovar, too, uh, he had a great game at 22 points. And he, he's the one who had that assist at the end. And, you know, they were kind of joking about the the uh celebration and cooper said yeah i was just standing in mid court and all of a sudden i was just getting shoved out into the hall <laughs> into the <laughs> hallway he wasn't running to the other end he was getting basically pushed down there and he said drew page their big offensive lineman he's like man he got he slammed against the concrete you know he wasn't trying to but you know just kind of the momentum you know <laughs> so it was just it was fun it was just a uh, you know a one of those type of atmospheres you don't see a whole lot of, and, and or, or the reaction to it anyway. But, uh, but yeah, so they beat Carmel first time in 16 games, uh, since uh 2011, I believe it was, or 2012. Uh, but yeah, so that that was cool. I mean, so the Noblesville has you know, we'll see you know, kind of how they respond to that, uh, win. And they did come back and beat Anderson Saturday in a close game. Anderson's also a very good team, so. You know, I was high on the Millers going into the season, probably more than most people were, as far as just like thinking they were a possible sleeper or, you know, a team that could win a sectional. Even I would say, and they've proven that so far. So, um, you know, we'll see. It's a long season, but I think at this point, you know, they're they're looking like a team that's got a little bit of everything, and uh, I think that, you know, they're a team to watch. I, I'd certainly say, and they've got some momentum now. They've got you know fans behind them. If people are going to come back. After watching that. So that's that's always cool to see. And I remember when I moved here, they had they always had the best crowds. So I think getting that back and and uh you know that that's a cool thing to see. Uh but so yeah, I think they play gosh, I want to say they have either I think they have Westfield this week. So Westfield's been a pretty good team so far. You obviously, don't have Braden Smith and um uh Cam Hafner from last year, but uh Alex Romack's off to a good start and you know that's a good Westfield team too, so it'll be a tough test for Noblesville. But uh, they kind of are getting geared up again. They host that holiday tournament the twenty seventh, twenty eighth uh, at their at their place, and you know they'll probably be the team to beat in that, I would think. But you know Norwell comes down to that too, and Chesterton, and they'll have a good group of teams there. But uh, yeah, I think they're they're one of those teams that's kind of uh, now on the you know kind of in the ring as far as teams. Maybe that could be a state contender.
0: I'd like to use this to begin my campaign to make the mudsock game a double each year. I think it'd be fun. Just like do it every alternate sites every year, let the girls go first for two years, then have the boys go first for the next two years and just keep cycling it like that. So it's balanced out. So each team gets a chance playing first and second. And I think the crowds would be unbelievable. And with the way Fishers and HSC, both of the programs are like, this should be a, a great year for it. HSC on the girls side is coming in undefeated. It's the first time in a long time that they've done that, but, they haven't beaten Fisher since 2019, they're 0-5 in the time since, and Fisher's is 9-2 and and they pulled away, they beat Noblesville, they have Pendleton Heights tonight, a team that tripped them up last year right before this game it was kind of a weird loss, it was very much one of those trap game situations where they're coming off an upset of Noblesville and then have Mudsock loom in the weekend after, but it's going to be a really interesting game because you have the Smith twins who have been playing at a high level, and Fisher's just so dang deep. They have so many different pieces and ways to beat you, and they're so physical. Whereas HSE has their big three, and the other players around them are starting to come along really quickly. We kind of saw that against Noblesville. So it's going to be a really fun game. Um, I can't wait. Are the boys Friday night? Yes. When are the girls playing? Uh, the girls play Saturday night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so boys
1: boys were friday and uh, yeah i agree i think that'd be a fun way to do it i actually uh richie hall he was at the noblesville game i was like richie do you remember it being uh you know was that game ever a double header because i thought it was i think it, and it was i believe but they played it down at the uh um uh, at the coliseum one year they've had a double header down there at the at the state fair the fairgrounds so really? that may have been why they did it and that was a cool it was a cool play you know they kind of had redone the fairgrounds at that point and you know, and I'm not sure why, you know, why they played that game there necessarily, but, but yeah, I think that'd be a cool idea. I mean, I, it seems to me like they did another year at the home, one of the home sites, but I could be wrong about that.
0: Yeah. It'll be, should be a couple fun games. Um, in terms of other games too, I should probably mention that just from last week carmel got their first win i know that they've been been battling some things carmel gets their first win of the year westfield hung tough with zionsville which seemed kind of notable westfield just kind of lingering around i think they did the same thing i want to say with fishers or in the season two so young team on the rise and maybe figuring some things out and then zionsville we might have mentioned this in the last pod they were tied with cathedral 21 at halftime and they won 60 to 35 so wow that's kind of where where Zionsville's at and then one other note from the column south Bend, washington um, won a game ninety-one to four, ooh, like, I, wow, yeah, I just, that's not fun <laughs> either side. I think we were talking about this before, but it's not fun either side, really. But my God, um, they have they beat a top-ranked team from Michigan on Saturday, and they're going to play Bowling Brook, Illinois on Saturday, who's supposedly pretty good. But South Bend, Washington, just keeps on rolling, just keeps on kicking the snot out of teams from up there. Um, and I think
1: that was uh, was that against one of their South Bend. Rival teams, I think. So you probably can't not schedule that game. Mm -hmm.
0: Just got to play that round, play around the town, I guess. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure that there wouldn't be any opposition to maybe just taking some time off from playing South of Washington each year from the South Bend area. But some outlandish scores and more to be expected. Um, As we wrap things up here, Kyle, what do you got coming for the rest of the week?
1: Uh, Actually, going to get the super team out for football. (laughs) So uh, that's always a you know, working on that actually probably the next two days to get that all completed, and uh, and then you know of course diving back into basketball. We've got uh, Fat fifteen should be out tomorrow. The uh, players of the week should be out later today, and uh, this is probably won't even post till Tuesday, so it should be out already. And then uh, have working on a couple of uh, you know feature stories probably for you know either this later this week or next week, and then you know have some other stuff. Working on that's uh, probably won't run till quite a bit later, but uh, yeah. But and then I should mention too, uh, Lawrence North. You know, that was also a really good game. They beat uh, Lawrence Central uh, last week. That was a packed house, and uh, you know that always is. Uh, m- forgot to mention that earlier, but you know, that's a good win for them. And they have uh, you know a, r- a pretty young team that. And then, but Jack Kiefer came back. He was uh, first game back to watch and you know, at the gym that's named after him. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, he was there uh, for that. And Chris Giffen, uh, of course, coached under him uh, as an assistant. So that was also a really good atmosphere. So a couple of really, you know, the Noblesville game and the that Lawrence North game, just two packed houses. So uh, pretty cool. And then Clark Wade was out, actually, our old buddy uh, Clark, uh, covering the uh, New Pile-Greenfield Central game also, and he saw a good one. New Pile is one of those teams, too. You'll see has risen up in the FAB-15 uh, that, uh, you know, I think, uh, Clark came away impressed with Ian Stevens. I'm actually going to be writing about him here si- shortly. One of the features I'm doing, uh, is, is on him. So you know, there's a couple other things I forgot to mention, but, um, but anyway, yeah, just working on some stuff. Uh, what do you have coming this week, Brian?
0: Well, I'll have a feature on Isabella Gizzy and, um, her mom, Chip, playing together for quite a long time now and just coming from such a cool basketball family. Isabella broke her mom's scoring record of couple weeks ago and now she has her sights at potential on her brothers but just a cool kid getting to learn about how she's grown up around the game the sport and and how she's developed as a player over the years. So that should be fun. It should be out here in the mi- by the middle of the week. And then um, tomorrow night, we're working on a pro- story with the McAlusky sisters, Riley and Maya, and their mom, Jen, who played at Villanova and was a small town star here in Indiana. And just getting to know them. Riley's going to Butler, and Maya's been getting attention from teams like Oregon. Oregon's offered her and been in the gym to watch her play. So obviously she's a kid who's, who's got some really high stock. So I'm excited to, to spend some time with them, and Clark will be with me uh, to do videos. So have that it'll either be a lead into the mudsock game or we'll have it out early next week as sort of a follow-up to that game and then yeah this weekend um game wise obviously mudsock will be the big one and we'll be monitoring everything else fab 15 players of the week all that good stuff coming out here this week um but yeah that seems like as good a spot as any to wrap her up i think absolutely good good uh good content today i think lots of good content that's that's what we're good for is good content <laughs> uh but for kyle for Akeem, who might or may not be with us at some point before we wrap this thing up for the season i'm brian henshin we thank you all so much for listening and we'll talk to you again next week